Hello, and welcome to Grow With Soul. I'm Kate Ferris, a coach, writer, hiker, and recovering high achiever, and this is a work in life podcast. Join me for discussions and musings about how our work can be a small and magical part of a bigger, more meaningful life. So come on in, get comfy, and let's begin. Hello, and welcome to Grow With Soul. Today, I'm talking about energy, because last week I put a poll up on Instagram to see what section of mapping people would most like a preview of, and I stuck energy in there just to make the numbers up, quite frankly, and I was really surprised just how many people wanted to hear about energy. So this isn't a preview of the mapping section, but it is a whole load of thoughts about energy management. Energy is a fickle thing that is hard to pin down or systematize. We know whether we have it or we don't, but beyond that, it's mysterious. Unlike time, which is books after books after podcasts after articles written about it, energy seems to kind of get lumped in with sleep and nutrition and other topics rather than stand alone. But without an understanding of energy, you can't live and work and play. So I'd go so far as to say that energy management is just as crucial as time management. Let me start by telling you a little bit of my personal history with energy. My earliest memories are of not getting out of bed. We, well, I joke here about my not being a morning person, but even at the age that kids are supposed to be terrorizing their parents with early mornings, I was terrorizing them by not getting up on time and skipping breakfast in order to get to school on time. By by secondary school, I was late every day. At university, I never once attended a 9 or 10 a.m. seminar. And then when I started work, I was, again, late every day. I remember my boss once huffing in frustration. I don't understand it. You live the closest, but you're always the last here. I have felt and still feel guilt around this. I would like very much to wake up energized and ready for the day, but no matter the combination of nighttime routines I try, I wake up exhausted. Becoming self-employed meant that this didn't really matter anymore. In the first years, I would roll out of bed at whatever time and then hurl myself into flat out working for the rest of the day. Although I did still have the conception that if I started at 11 or 12, that meant that I couldn't finish until seven or eight. In those early days, I was motivated and energized by the work I was doing. I had these long lists and overlapping goals and projects, and I was maintaining a consistent level of output six days a week without breaking for much more than going to the shops. And when I say consistent level of output, I mean consistently high. So I was blogging every week, podcasting every week, posting on Instagram every day, 
And I remember there was one April where I was fully booked with clients. I did three workshops at three different parts of the country and I was running a course at the same time. (laughs) My energy was a laser beam pointed at one thing and I kept turning the dial of the intensity up until it broke off in my hand. I burned out because I used all my energy stores on setting up a business without ever bothering to replenish them. And then when I tried to restock, I had nothing but work and I didn't know how to relax or have fun or connect or create any energy. After that and after recovering, I felt fearful of energy. Like rehabilitating an injury, you are scared to move or overexert yourself in case you make it worse. So you continue to limp even after you are healed. I was afraid to run out again, so I eased back on the amount of work I was doing. But instead of burning through energy, I leaked it. Without anywhere focused to go, my energy went into worrying and overthinking, dreaming, ideas I was too scared to follow through on and projects that were never started. In 2021, I think it's safe to say now that I burned out again, only this time on life and not work. Ending a relationship, selling a house, finding somewhere to live, financial pressures, health issues all added up to burning through the energy I had. I couldn't work really that year. I was able to maintain things with one-to-one clients, which with savings is what kept me afloat. But I was mentally and physically unable to have an idea on which to work. It was just a blank. Although this time I recognised it. And while there was only so much I could do about the life pressures, I allowed space and joy in to try to keep mentally healthy instead of piling on work pressure too and making the situation worse. For some reason, after moving and getting out from under all the responsibilities I'd been holding for so long, I expected my energy levels to just spring back up to maximum. I had time, space, projects, a room of one's own. I had everything you need. But I was out of practice with managing energy and needed to bring my expectations back into step. Even as you consciously try to live differently from a society that demands output and productivity, it can be easy to slip into their groove. I needed to conceive of energy differently. Now, energy is something to hold rather than something to use. My focus is on maintaining a 50 to 60% level of output for longer rather than maxing out. We all know the whole ebb and flow analogy when it comes to energy, but we don't really want to believe it. We never want to ebb and so we push to always flow to avoid it. But that uses energy, which leads inevitably to an ebb. 
So now I want to put the ebb off for longer by holding the energy I have, treating it as a resource to use specifically and carefully and replenish it as I go. The first way I've done this is to do things the way my energy wants to do them through the day. So I don't force myself to get up at 6am because I know that nothing will be done anyway. I get up when I feel like getting up and do the focused creative work I need to, usually for a couple of hours straight. Then by mid to late afternoon, my energy knows it needs replenishing and I start to feel the physical need to go outside for a walk. So I do. When I get back in, it's usually right in my energy dip at between 4 to 6 p.m. So rather than tidy up and start making dinner and get all the jobs done, I honour the dip by having a snack and lying on the sofa, reading, or depending on my mood, watching some trash TV. I think when I first started this, I worried that if I sat down at four o'clock, that would be it for the night. But I do feel the energy returning because I start to get a bit fidgety and I can't really focus on what I'm reading and I'm starting to think about what I'm going to have for dinner. And so that is, I know the energy coming back and I can get back up. And that is when I do the tidying and the dinner making later in the evening. Not fighting with my energy to fit a routine that is more, in inverted commas, sensible means that I feel in flow most days. Another thing to understand and allow for is natural cycles. This might be menstrual, lunar or seasonal, but to a greater or lesser extent, they are all affecting you. It always strikes me when the clocks go forward in spring, how surprised everyone is by how much happier and more energised they feel with the extra light, as if they aren't a natural being existing within a natural cycle. Low light, coldness, lack of green affect us as much as hormones. During the winter, I accept that my energy will be generally lower, just as I accept drowsiness at the start of my menstrual cycle. Sometimes energy is a dog that gets onto a smell in the woods and rather than shout and scream for it to come back, you simply need to follow where it's going. Energy will go where it wants to go, which is not always where you want it to go. Last night, I wanted to make a start on writing this episode, but my energy wanted to write down some thoughts about love. (laughs) It was inconvenient, but my energy put a block on any kind of idea for this episode until it had had its way. So I went with it. And then this morning, I was able to write this. We worry sometimes, I think, that this is procrastination or distraction, but we need to be a little less hasty with the labels. My energy was obviously in the mood for something a little more creative, which is probably because it wanted to replenish itself, and creativity does that. Writing the other thing about love wasn't a distraction. It was a part of being able to write this episode. Instead of using or draining energy, 
it helped hold the equilibrium. The last thing I would say has really helped me with my energy management is lowering the bar to the floor. This won't work for everyone, but I think because I've become so anti-striving, it's the only way I can get myself to do something. Some people love the challenge of a big goal they can measure their progress towards, whether that's, you know, 20 reps with a higher weight or finishing a whole book in three months, writing it, I mean. The idea of this does not feel energizing to me. It feels draining and effortful and like I'd rather lie down. But getting on the mat every day, even just doing one child's pose for 20 seconds, does feel energizing. Even if I really don't feel like it, I know I have the energy to just sit on the mat. So I do it and then I never just sit on the mat because once I'm there, I'm going to do at least one 10 minute yoga video. The same with work. I'm going to do just one paragraph, just one 30 minute chunk and then I can be done. But then I'm not done. I've started. I've come to realise that I am a wind up battery in a world where we are expected to be a light switch. We are expected to flick ourselves on, preferably early in the morning, and keep as bright and constant all day through school and work and chores and dinner and hobbies until we go to bed and turn the light off and fall instantly into a healthy sleep. But I am a wind-up battery, and honestly, once I do get out of bed, I move like a sloth around the house, brushing my teeth in slow motion, and staring at the option of three jumpers to wear for 10 minutes. Once I sit down at my desk, I need support to start working. Perhaps 10 minutes of music or my desk sand timer. But then, once I'm through the difficult first 10 minutes, I start to build momentum, build energy. By the time evening comes round, I have the energy to exercise, to tidy up and cook myself a nice meal, to read. Understanding and managing my energy is what enables me to live the life I want to live. In mapping, there is a whole section on energy and to finish, I'm gonna share one of the first paragraphs. So one of the first things I talk about with energy is acceptance. Acceptance can be something we resist because it feels like giving up. I don't want to accept my current energy levels, I want them to improve. But I don't think we can improve until we accept. Acceptance is not saying, this is my lot so I'll stop trying. Acceptance is saying, this is where I am, this is my true baseline, this is where I can always return to and look at what I can do here. With everything we do in the name of growth and personal development, we start wanting to already be there. Acceptance is grounding in the fact that you are here and here is the place to start from. When we stop looking at what we don't have, we open the door to the possibilities of what we can do. You still have a few days left to join mapping if you would like to. As well as much more of an extension about energy, there are 12 other 
sections for you to explore from belief and thinking of a new way of perceiving the world, considering possibilities, through to reclaiming your time, giving yourself permission and finding your truest self. When you stop looking for life-changing, you can start to change your life. That's the basis of mapping. Not a grandiose promise, just the tools you can use little by little to put yourself first and find yourself in a more joyful life. So you can find out more about that at simpleandseason.com forward slash mapping and you can find the show notes for this episode at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at simpleandseason and if you would like to, I'd love to see where you're listening if you share online and do send this episode to a friend you think would enjoy it too. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.